0: You're listening to an NSTARS podcast production. I'm Adam Mock, a 40-something-year-old film critic, and today we're celebrating Father's Day.
1: I'm Melanie Weir, a 26-year-old former theater major. Happy Father's Day, Dad. You introduced me to so many of the movies that I love. <laughs> this is not one of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we're about to make you watch a
1: podcast.
0: Welcome back to make you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to made you watch a podcast, where today on the show we're gonna celebrate Father's Day a little bit belated. It was uh, just a
1: touch, yeah, yeah. just a
0: touch. Couple days off with my choice for Mel, which is 1983's Michael Keaton starring. In Mr. Mom.
1: Mr. Mom. Now,
0: do you know anything about this movie? You ever heard of it?
1: No. Okay. Actually, well, no, 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 that's not true. I just realized I have heard people reference Mr. Mom, but I thought it was just like a generalized reference. Um, somebody in some movie goes, "I can't be Mr. Mom anymore. You got to come back." Oh, maybe it's. Oh, it was. In, it's an episode of Community oh, okay. where Shirley's husband says that, um, and he's like, "I can't be Mr. Mom anymore," and I thought it was just like a sexist thing he was saying, but it's the movie. <laughs>
0: I recommended this movie because I remember seeing it when I was a kid, and I remembered a lot of weird stuff that happens in it. I'm not sure if it holds up, because it's been probably 20 years since I've seen this, probably my, longer.
1: My base instinct is to say, no, it probably won't. Just like based on the fact that in the 80s, this was a new concept, and just...
0: Just guys staying home.
1: I, <laughs> I've seen Overboard.
0: Overboard has some problems.
1: And the dad... I mean on premise alone
0: it's kidnapping and 101. yet i
1: love the movie i can't oh yeah it. it's because goldie hahn and, uh, and, and
0: kurt russell are, are
1: oh, priceless char- charming their chemistry outshines the problematicness of the plot but we're not talking about that movie which i've actually loved since <laughs> i was way too young to have seen it um we're talking about mr mom
0: mr mom um, and
1: also, first of all it's michael keaton who <laughs> i know from like i know him as like super cocky batman and like the the villain from the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. Um, So I'm expecting him to have a bit of a hard edge.
0: Yeah. Well, the movie is, um, like I said, it's from 83. So we're going to see how this puppy holds up. And I'm really hoping it does because I'll be upset if it doesn't.
1: I'm hoping it does just because I'll be (laughs) pleasantly surprised.
0: (laughs) So we're going to take a little break. Uh, We're going to go watch the movie. You can listen to the trailer and we will be right back. Thank you. Meet Dad. He's a real man. Got a beer? 7 o'clock in the morning. Scotch? An all-out go-getter. But when his job pulled the plug on him... I'm fine. You son of a dude! They threw a switch. Good luck. And he became the lady of the house. That's when he was forced to face the bare facts. His new job is a mother. Michael Keaton. Where does Bobby keep the extra diapers? And Terry Gar in Mr. Mop, a mother of a comedy. So, Mel.
1: Adam, what? I was pleasantly surprised.
0: Right? I, 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 I was kind of shocked watching this.
1: It was so progressive.
0: Yeah, it, like
1: they were just—they were just a couple. They were just people. They were just friends. That's—you know—that was—I've—I've I've already zeroed in on why this couple works. They were just friends.
0: Yeah, they, they uh, Terry Gar, <laughs> who plays the wife uh, Caroline, too. who plays
1: Phoebe's mom on Friends.
0: I believe you're right. Yes, yeah, she does. She's a have gr- i have always loved Terry Gar. She was awesome in Young Frankenstein.
1: Oh my God, that's also her. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she was that really gorgeous blonde
1: Yes, <laughs>
0: assistant. Big,
1: what did she say? Knockers. <laughs> I can't.
0: <laughs> um, the movie also starred, well, it's Michael Keaton, obviously. Um, Martin Mull, who was a big, big 80s actor, kind of did a lot of comedy stuff. Was uh, he the guy with the mustache? Yeah, he was the boss.
1: What a creep. Uh, what else do I know him from? He looked really familiar.
0: Recently, I think, he was on... I don't know if you watched the show The Cool Kids. No. Where it was a bunch of like David Allen Greer and um I forget what her name was, but it's basically about a bunch of people in a retirement home. Definitely. And they're kind of like the jerks of the place. And he's he plays this like ex-hippie of the group. And he I mean, he's been he's been in quite a, f- a few movies. He was on Roseanne. Uh he was the ball bo- um Roseanne's boss and I think eventual business partner when she opened up a restaurant. I
1: feel like I know him from some. He was in he Clue. Looked...
0: Did you ever see Clue? You know what? He was Colonel Mustard.
1: Yeah, because I was like, I, I why is my head saying saying he should be like dressed in like some fancy old-fashioned attire? But I can't think of Clue, no Mel, you haven't seen that movie enough times to know. And he was his Walter face.
0: Peralta on <gasps> Brooklyn Oh! Oh that's probably the other question. You know oh yeah, that's part. it. Yeah. That's that's definitely it. I mean he's still he's still he's still working. He's 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 getting it done. Uh it also had another 80s staple Angélian, who I'm pretty sure the that kind of like the, the the sluttier housewife. Oh Joan keeps tr- Joan who trying trying to bang that slut. <laughs> uh Jeffrey Tambor, th- the embattled Jeffrey Tambor from Transparent. He was the one that got fired the the main character in Transparent oh my who got God. fired.
1: Yay! He
0: was the guy that was screwing everybody over.
1: What a, Jeffrey was Jeffrey Tambor in I mean, he's in a lot of things, yeah. He was in
0: the Grinch. He was the mayor.
1: Yeah. That's
0: where you know him from. Oh my and god. He, yeah. Yep. He was in uh, that hellboy the original hellboy. Christopher Lloyd has a little part in this. Who
1: I didn't recognize. And I think it was just because I was not really looking at his face. And he
0: he didn't have that giant head of white hair. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't really talking like this the whole time.
1: Just dude, if you don't look like the professor from from if you don't look like Doc Brown, I I'm not gonna recognize you. <laughs>
0: Um, I mean, that's kind of like the most popular people in the film, I would say. Uh, I did not realize this was written by John Hughes, but it has, it has his, his hand all over it. I mean, it yeah. really feels, looking back, it feels like a John Hughes movie, just the way he writes the kids. with They're so
1: smart, but they're witty. not smart in like an, a, an overly precocious way. Like you complained about like Leia in the first episode of Obi-Wan, yeah. um, yeah. Which you later said they corrected.
0: They um, do and they don't the new episode she 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 suddenly knows how to like rewire a blast door. It's
1: hard to write <laughs> realistically for kids because yeah. kids, it's always fun when they surprise you with what they know, but it still has to be somehow realistic. It's hard to surprise yourself yeah. while you're writing. But John Hughes always seems to do it really well. And it, he. The, oh, oh, wait, that's somebody else who was in it because I was watching this with my other roommate, Noelle, who um, is a video game editor and sh- at CBR, shout out. Um, and she pointed out that the kid who plays Kenny is actually a voice actor in a lot of things that she knows now.
0: Oh yeah, uh, Talison Jaffe.
1: Yeah, isn't he a critical role? Critical and, role, yeah. And the, what it's not. I mean, he's done a.
0: Looks. He seems like he does a lot of like like Helsing, which is an anime. He did the voice on. Um, a lot of it. It looks like.
1: Is he in Persona? Uh,
0: Persona. Persona is
1: her favorite sure. game.
0: He might. I mean, he might be. Who knows? He's in a lot of stuff. Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh,
1: okay. There yeah, you go.
0: Yeah. Now he 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 shows up and stuff. Um. The other son is Frederick Co- Kohler. I think his name is. He plays Alex. He's the older son, with that yeah. like mop of they, hair. Yeah. That kid you is. Had so
1: to do it, Dad. By the way, no, he didn't. I still have my blankie. It is in my bed. I am twenties. I am a successful, happy twenty six year old woman. I am very upset because it has been torn to shreds.
0: So let's get into what this movie's about. Michael Keaton plays uh, Jack Butler, who um, works in a car factory. He's kind of like the floor manager.
1: Yeah, he's like they, they say he's an engineer.
0: He's yeah, he's the uh, engineer, and he gets furloughed. And Terry Gar, his his wife, who's like the ultimate mom. I mean, she's she gets up first. She's she,
1: running the whole house. She gets his shower ready for. That him. was
0: the weirdest line. Your shower's ready. Who I mean... just warm up a fucking shower? I
1: think... I, <laughs> if I remember correctly, it took water longer to get hot.
0: I guess. It was just a, I mean,
1: I remember when I was younger, our shower took a really long time to
0: get that's hot. That's just a weird line to me. I don't know. And then, he, you know, she runs in. She's feeding the kids fish. She gets the one son up to help the other kid get ready. Like, she's got it figured out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a third child who's a baby. Maggie. Uh, Ma- Maggie? Megan. Megan. Megan, Megan. They call her
1: Maggie sometimes. It's not Maggie. She's adorable. She's She's also too smart for her own good, (laughs) which they managed to do with a one-year-old, which I always think is so clever because almost all of that has to be camera work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the movie is about him losing his job, um, and he has to become a stay-at-home dad because Terry Gar. Put in for a job in advertising, which she had a degree in I and gave it up to be a mom.
1: All of a sudden, he makes this really, really intense bet. He's like, I <laughs> have an idea. 100 to 1. Uh, my $100 to your $1. In
0: 83, 100 bucks was a lot.
1: I uh, Yeah. That was
0: a lot. So he was making bank at that job he was at.
1: And in an auto uh, thing in the 80s in Detroit. I mean, yeah. I guess they, they didn't know what was coming for them. Yeah. Or maybe and they did a little bit.
0: His co workers are that opening scene with Jeff. Jeffrey Tambor laying him off. And oh, my Christopher God, the Lloyd comedy. Like they're constantly choking. It all was like an episode turns. of
1: The Simpsons.
0: It really was. Those three guys were hilarious. Just choking oh, Tambor.
1: That ah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Is it ever actually like that in a room full of men, or did no. we get all of that from cartoons? That's
0: all. It's okay. That. Now this movie is is heightened reality. In I figured parts.
1: as much, but I've seen enough scenes like that, and I'm enough not a man that I'm like, I guess I can't know for sure.
0: <laughs> I don't think I, I. don't think I've ever dove across someone's desk and started choking them because I, mean, I had a I disagreement. Don't think that you would, but I mean, <laughs> nor have, have no... I ever seen this happen. So I'm <laughs> okay, going to say, guys, it's everybody signal. on
1: Twitter, hit us up if you've ever seen anything like this happen in real life.
0: So Terry Gar wins the bet and gets the job before he does. So he's stuck staying at home with the kids. Yeah. And it starts off.
1: And I want to say, before we move on, that bet would have felt incredibly sexist, if not for the way, the insane and overly enthusiastic way in which he made it. It was just, it was manic and zany and so funny. And
0: I think he was still a little drunk from the bar when he made that bet. Yeah. Because he comes back with his friends, where they're all holding their boxes.
1: I Okay, this is interesting, because I actually don't know if we're going to air this before or after, but there is at some point going to be, or have been, an episode where we do an emergency viewing of Top Gun because my boyfriend really wanted to do Top Gun so you will maybe have met him at this point he reminds me so much of Will when he drinks oh really it's so funny <laughs> if he's out with his co-workers and like he comes home afterwards he is just incredibly enthusiastic and and
0: just raring to go yeah and he's like let's
1: go out let's do so." he'll like come into the it's apartment it's like we just got home my three roommates and I will be like watching a show winding down for the evening he'll come in and be like let's go out you want to go to another Bar and I'll be like, Will it's 1230. <laughs>
0: we have work in the morning.
1: Yeah, like, I, I I know we don't have to physically go to work, but I still have to like read and publish articles that are grammatically correct with no spelling mistakes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Michael Keaton, um, it's his first day taking care of the kids, and he's doing his best. He's really trying, he doesn't know what the hell to do. You know, he, he doesn't know where mom keeps the extra diapers. He he's doesn't know which way to drive into the school to drop his son off. Oh,
1: my God. He gets a drop-off lane wrong. I'm not a parent, but something about that was so relatable.
0: Oh, man. like, And, and he's just constantly getting yelled at. He's trying to grocery shop. He loses the baby at one point. He's he knocking loses everything all over. He three of his
1: children in quick succession. He... Trades one child for another. The woman who found his first child was like, I don't have a kid. So
0: now there's a new look.
1: Who was the other child that he took out of that shopping cart? Which the, the shopping carts moved in his absence. He took someone else's <laughs> child out of their own cart.
0: And I love the fact that he finds his son. I think his son's just eating, it looked like spaghetti or something out of this woman's cart. He's eating something out of a bag out of this lady's cart. The kids were great. I mean, they play along. With Michael Keaton so, so well. well, because they know how the day is supposed to go, and they keep saying, "You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're going wrong. You're doing it wrong," and he's just like, "Enough already! Stop it!" And he's starting to have like a little bit of a panic attack. Then all of a sudden, that one day when they start doing laundry,
1: oh my god! And it's he- so Home Alone. It's that. It's <laughs> it's the. This man was terrified. John Hughes must have been terrified of his basement as a oh, child. Yeah.
0: Between the furnace and the and the uh the between the furnace vacuum and the washing machine.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I can't blame him. The appliances were very violent in the in the late 20th century. Oh
0: man, the vacuums my favorite. Like, the jaws, the vacuum?
1: That's my worst nightmare. I don't know if we've discussed this on the show before. I'm actually actively afraid of vacuums. I'm 26. I know this. Remember how I just said I still have my blankie and I'm a well-adjusted 26-year-old woman? I'm not that well-adjusted. No, like, I don't have that many weird things or phobias. I'm usually pretty chill about most things. But for some reason, when a vacuum cleaner turns on, unless it's a pretty modern, quiet one like a shark... I am just filled with intense anxiety. That's
0: so weird. It's not
1: like I can't (laughs) vacuum. I can do the chore if it is necessary, but I will avoid it. And at this point, Will knows (laughs) that if he's vacuuming, I will go with the cat and hide in the other room. (laughs) So this scene would have terrified me as a child, and I can understand the children's point of view. It eats his woobie. Yeah,
0: It ate the whooby. Uh, the if the uh, ate my Kenny, I would the the middle son, has is kind of like Linus. He has his little security blanket called a whoobie, and he doesn't go anywhere without it. You know, and it's just there's a great scene later on that we'll talk about where he has to give up the whoobie, and I love the way they do it.
1: Unnecessary,
0: but maybe so, but it it. It comes with when the dad's trying to get his shit together, yeah, and he's, and he's trying—he's trying to be an it. example for his son. And we'll we'll get to it. So it's like day two, and he's kind of like, "Let's do laundry." So he shoves all You're, the bedding in in one shot. This
1: is such a this is the most protracted scene of dramatic irony I have ever seen in my life.
0: Oh, when he when he suddenly fills up an entire like like one of those like chinese food the the large soup containers of
1: suds dude you're supposed suds, to
0: sprinkle those spray and wash like borax i mean fabric softener because he wants to like get it all done in one shot he was together. in he was in the army he knows what he's doing he
1: mixes together a concoction by the way that man was definitely not in the army no
0: <laughs> and uh i can
1: i can just tell that from the everything about him they would have I, I, they would have beaten the yeah. ADHD out of him much more severely. <laughs>
0: and then he makes the mistake of letting uh, Alex, his oldest son, make bre- make make lunch, and he's just cooking ch- canned chili.
1: And which yeah. which
0: the baby gets a hold of it. One oh. of the funniest. Because at this point, there's the Terminex guy shows up.
1: Why? Did the wife schedule all of these people to come on the exact same day. Probably
0: because she knew she'd be home. Was
1: it a prank? Just
0: bang it out. I do, I've done that before. Oh really? I, I've done it where it's like, oh, I got one day off. I'm just gonna get everybody to come in the, and get it all done in oh, one shot. Oh,
1: God, that would stress me out so much. So
0: the what was it? it was the Terminex guy? I think it was the plumber. And um, a TV repair woman who gets $48 an hour.
1: Who is that actress? She looks really familiar. Was she on Friends 2? Did she play the monkey catcher?
0: No. She was in a movie called uh, Nothing But Trouble. I don't know that. Which is one of the grossest films you'll ever watch. Dan Aykroyd made it. And it's got Chevy Chase and Debbie Moore in it. Oh, God. It's... Not a good movie. But I feel like
1: putting Dan Aykroyd an and Chevy a- Chase together and not tempering them with anybody <laughs> more stoic is just a recipe for
0: it is uh, uh. it is some of the grossest um like character designs you'll ever see. Like it's totally Aykroyd, but people hate this movie with a passion. I I only like it because it's such an oddity, but I wouldn't ever recommend it to anyone. That's fascinating. I, it's more like this exists. You just gotta watch it once and move on. We probably will do it. Sort of like the room. And her name is uh, Valerie Bloomf- uh, Bloomfield. Um, Actually,
1: that's not true. You can rewatch the room.
0: <laughs> oh, Danny! So oh, hi, doggy. <laughs> now um, Terry Gar gets a um, meets her new boss, and her boss is Martin Mull, who's just a lecherous prick. He's always hitting on her.
1: Oh. And,
0: that scene where she first starts at work and she's in that room of KFC boxes, McDonald's, Dom and... Full I mean, of
1: smoke? Just smoke. everybody's smoking. And
0: you, the opening scene of this movie where she opens the shades, they smoked that room out, I guess, to get a really good sun effect, which is usually do that to like get the lighting to, to really pop. It looks like they're having a poker game in that fucking mm-hmm. bedroom. But every scene in this movie, there's some kind of person smoking. It's, it, it yeah. like, you get black and wrong watching this.
1: <laughs> was this before, I mean, when...
0: You could smoke anywhere the hell you want.
1: When in the... What was the timeline like between us, like, finding out that smoking could kill you and smoking no longer being something you could respectably do in public? Like, was there an overlap between this knowledge? Was it we always immediate? Knew it,
0: we always knew it was bad for us, I think. Um, but... It was right around the, like the, um, I think California did the ban first.
1: They always Bloomberg
0: will. followed suit. And once New York banned it, it was like everybody started banning smoking indoors. It's interesting Which,
1: because this is, it's, I, it's like I how a, marijuana happened in reverse.
0: Yeah. And I was a smoker at the time. So like, I remember being pissed about it. And then now I'm kind of like, oh, but I don't go home smell like crap anymore. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> when I went to the few <clears throat> bars in Drexel Hill that you could still smoke in, like my one thing would be like, do I really want to go to this bar and then come home because I will smell like a cigarette yeah. for like literally just hours.
0: <laughs> so Terry Gar's in this room, and they're trying to work out this new ad for a tuna fish company that – and all the ideas are complete shit. So they're like, let the housewife take a gander She's. She's the person we're selling this stuff to. And then like, her he makes
1: The boss makes a good but creepy call, and you can tell it's creepy because he told her to call him by his first name. Yeah. And the woman who also is like her buddy throughout is like, mm, I don't <laughs> like that. Ma'am, <laughs> say something to your friend. You have to, God.
0: Was we, that her, fr- you mean the the woman who kind of, the British woman who introduced her? She
1: should be your friend. Here's how be, this should work. Because she I, was
0: kind of rude to her. I love
1: that we, I th- this, this was before... Any semblance of any Me Too, anything, obviously. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying it out loud just to preface what I'm about to say, which is. I didn't realize how much women were pitted against each other in these environments. Because
0: you were all vying for probably the same job.
1: I love the solidarity that women have with each other now. I have to appreciate the women who came before me for establishing that because in this movie, it is not there. Like, it's a rule now. If you know that a man in charge of you is being creepy, you will tell the new girl.
0: Yeah, yeah. you You don't throw people under the bus like they do in this movie.
1: Good God. It's. It's, it's, I don't even care if you hate her. You tell her that.
0: <laughs> so Terry Gar, she's, um, she nails it. She figures out, like, the perfect pitch for this thing, and she goes home that night, and The house is just a wreck. She's half... She's exhausted. And
1: she's like, yeah. They gave the baby chili. And by the way, the
0: baby baby
1: would not have been laughing. The baby would have been crying and screaming in (laughs) In agony because its digestive system is not built for the amount of fiber in beans. (laughs) He put that baby through hell.
0: Between that, the washing machine going crazy, and then Jaws, the vacuum cleaner, just like just... He has to tackle the vacuum cleaner before it eats his son. It reminds
1: (laughs) me of the one we had when I was little, which is probably why... I probably have a fear of vacuum cleaners because ours was a monster. Oh,
0: this was like... You had a two-fist... You had a handle going across like um, a floor waxer. This thing was a brute.
1: Like, ours wasn't that bad, but it was huge. It was heavy. It had that power steering thing. It made a very loud, like... (laughs) It had a light... And, and if you let go, it moved on its own. Yeah. And that is enough to freak out anybody. That's it, it was a faceless thing that made an angry noise that moved on its own. Any child would be insane not to be afraid of that.
0: But that honestly was one of the most vivid memories I had of this movie was that vacuum coming Jaws. at that little kid. And you said, dude, dude, dude. It's burned into my child brain. Mm-hmm. It was great. The next morning, Terry Gar says, "Oh, they're gonna send a car." And the boss shows up personally in a stretch limo. Martin Mole comes to the door, and Michael Keaton's not having it. Goes upstairs. This is a down, weird flex. Comes down in like workman's clothes, big overalls, and a chainsaw, talking about how he's gonna put an addition on the house, and just starts revving this thing. It's to so scare the funny. Shit. It's and, so
1: Michael Keaton. Oh
0: yeah, and it, that's one thing that really works in this movie is. You forget, Michael Keaton started as a stand-up comedian. He what? Yeah, he was a stand-up comedian who got into acting, and... He was
1: Batman! Good for him! Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, he's done... His, his body of work is actually really impressive. He used to do a, mostly comedy, and then started getting into dramas like Clean and Sober and and uh, The Post, things like that, later on. And he kind of proved himself as as, like, a dramatic actor, but he started out in comedy. One of his... <laughs> He did a, I think it's a Penelope Spheres movie, um, Johnny Dangerously, and it's a spoof of old gangster films.
1: Oh my god, that sounds fun! And
0: it's, I mean, it, it's dated comedy now, but it's very much like the Naked Gun or or like a scary movie type, where everything is just completely outlandish and stupid and things like. Like his mother is this elderly woman who says she's like she's actually twenty six in real life. She <laughs> just had a hard time. I've had a,
1: me too, <laughs> ma'am. It's,
0: it's those kinds of jokes. <laughs> So now Michael Keaton I'm sorry, is...
1: I'm wait. I'm just still laughing at the concept of like an 86-year-old woman coming up to me and going, oh, we're the same age. We're, I just had a hard time and me just being like, oh, moon. That's funny. Uh, I need to... <coughs> Actually, give me a moment because I'm about to have a coughing fit.
0: She's joking on me. Um, uh-huh. So it's the next day and he's just like... Spread all over hell trying to figure it out.
1: It's so funny. And it, it's so funny to watch. And you know what? I expected him to complain more.
0: Yeah. I will admit he's dealing for an 80s movie. He could They could have written him as such an asshole they and really such a misogynist. Have. He's super supportive of his wife. Like, he wants her to do well, but... He's just sad, like he even feels. He, defe- he feels personally defeated, but he never takes it out on his he wife. Doesn't
1: make it her problem
0: until until the end. Even where things kind of come the to $100. the hundred dollars. Yeah, like he's 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 like, listen, we're fine. You know, I'll get another job eventually. But until then, you know, you're the breadwinner. I'll take care of the house. He. He's, he wants to do this.
1: Even when he comes in with the chainsaw, he's not threatened by the boss because he's at home. He's threatened by the boss because, like, hey, he's you just are obviously trying to fuck my wife. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, Te- I mean, and Terry Gar is gorgeous. I mean, she, she was so hot in this one
1: Wow. Very for, for a
0: woman with three kids, she held up well. Very,
1: very pretty. <laughs> Especially
0: in the 80s where everyone's smoking and, like, basically just eating sugary products and <laughs> well, shit all day. she clearly
1: wasn't based on no. her reactions in that scene.
0: Yeah, The movie kind of goes on, and he starts getting into the swing of things, but... And then he's he's gone. He's kind of falling apart at the same time. Like, he's growing a beard. His wife's working crazy hours, so... He's alone with the kids all day. He's in he's been
1: wearing the same flannel shirt for. a he week. He
0: lives in a flannel shirt,
1: and it's says ugly mustard yellow colored flannel too. Like I love flannels as much as the next guy, but dude, change them. Yeah. Get a rotation. My closet contains at least twelve.
0: Yeah, he's he's day drinking. He's addicted to. Um, I forget what the what the show was it, the soap opera he was oh, watching. Oh, it, it doesn't like
1: a, matter. Days of Our Lives, probably. It was one
0: of those, like, or like as one of those as world. Turns all my
1: children. It, yeah, one it, of those. My he, mom's favorite was Guiding Light.
0: <laughs> guiding Light. And so now he has to go to this kind of event at the boss's house with his wife. He doesn't want to go. He's he's like, we'll, we'll stay for 10 minutes. And then we'll pull up. I think it was an Aunt Joan or something. Yeah. And it's just like, we'll say, it's, it's basically, we'll say Aunt Joan's sick. we got to go. Um, they, The kids are with them, And Martin Mull makes him participate in this like weird... Decathlon.
1: self-congratulatory Olympics, because all the men there make it abundantly clear that he has to win. Yeah, it's very Trumpian of him.
0: I was, I was impressed that he ha- that. Michael Keaton's like, go to the car, get my sweats, sneakers. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he had that shit ready to he go. He will not
1: be outclassed.
0: And like they're running in in um, flippers, and they have to ride tricycles. It that... reminds
1: me of like the. It reminds me of like the Grinch where they're doing the sock hop, or like. <laughs>
0: Or like in Revenge, they do something similar in Revenge of the Nerds when all the fraternities have to go up against each other. And they have drunken tricycle races and things like that. And at the end of it, Michael Keaton's about to win and Martin Mull is, uh, is running up behind him. And, and he love trips how throughout on the purpose. Race,
1: all of the guys are trying to prevent him from they're winning because they like. What's her name? Cheryl.
0: <laughs> uh, who? Uh, Terry Gar.
1: Yeah. Uh, Caroline. They like Caroline, and they're like, "No, what are you doing?" And no,
0: they also just they don't want the boss to get pissed. Yeah, you know, and they're like, "No, oh, no, you can't do this." And he sets himself up to win because he's a dirt. He's a rich dirt bag. And he lets Martin Mull win because he knows...
1: He trips at the last second. He and does he almost it. winks and at his her.
0: And wife, his wife runs up to him is like, are you okay? And he goes... He just gives her like that Michael Keaton it's like, so smile. It's so cute. He's so cute. And he... Because... Deep down, he wants his wife to succeed, which is... He
1: just also wanted to prove that he could have beaten him.
0: Yeah, you know, he he's hes showing off for his wife. And he's also kind of, of showing
1: off for Al. Like, hey, just so you know, like, if I hadn't tripped, I would have won. Yeah. Keep that in the back of your head, <laughs> asshole.
0: He's now... He's been hanging out with the, the, the other housewives in the neighborhood. One of them, Joan... It's so funny. And he's playing poker with them. And Joan is constantly hitting on him, giving him... He, like She gives him his, her number in the beginning. He's like, what's that say Are at the bottom? Are these any good? He goes, what's this at the bottom? Oh, it says anytime. <laughs> He's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. She's uh, not classy about it.
0: <sighs> I loved Dan And Jillian. I, I haven't seen her in years. What else is she in? She was on a sitcom mm-hmm. in the 80s. I believe it was called It's a Living. Hmm. And it was about waitresses in this kind of like high-rise hotel restaurant. Oh. And it was just, like, a day-in-the-life kind of show where, like, you know, they had the, the crazy old lady who was the maitre d' who ran everything and kind of kept the girls in order. They had a scumbag piano player named Sonny who was always hitting on them.
1: Ah, oh, you know, the, the scumbag. The
0: maitre d' is, like, dating the sh- the head chef who's kind of this, like, gruff old guy. It's a fun little it's – a, it's a cute show. Um, I'd
1: like to watch it and see if the restaurant stereotypes still hold up today, having been a waitress more modernly.
0: Uh, no, it, it's, it's – it's kind of like a women in the workplace when people were sexist kind of show, uh. and that's what they play off of a lot. But they always kind of get the upper hand on that's nice. on the dirtbags. Nice. You know, like they're, they never.
1: I shouldn't groan because I'm sure the show was made in good fun as a wink to people yeah. who felt more like me at the time. It's just I'm sure it would be a a lot like, to
0: watch. A lot like Mr. Mom. I mean, Mr. Mom is progressive so for, for its time, where he. As much as he hates his position being the house, the housewife or you know, house what, husband, the, the homemaker, he does it with a smile. You yeah. know, even even when life sucks, he doesn't take and it out
1: on the wife. He doesn't take it out on the kids. At when Joan comes over and finally hits on him, he looks at himself, realizes the state he's gotten to, him, he's like, "Ah, shit."
0: That is that's a great scene when he's he's falls asleep watching Days of Our Lives. And he imagines he's in it and she's hitting on him.
1: I was like, what on earth is happening? And it,
0: it's this crazy... Tr- and Terry Gar comes it in. I'm like, leaving you for Martin Mall and this and that. And it was that like at the sh- end of Twilight. And then she shoots him. He drops to the floor and he lands on a chalk, a pre-made chalk outline... And then has to readjust himself onto the chalk For a hot
1: sec, when she pulled the gun on him, I thought that it was going to be like that episode of Community where we find out that they had been talking about the fact that she was hitting on him behind her back the entire time. And the husband and wife, being such good pals, had gotten together to, like, conspire this to freak Joan out with a (laughs) fake gun. That's not what was happening. But I appreciate that their relationship had a dynamic that made me believe it was possible because, yes!
0: (laughs) So he, um this he wakes up out of this drunken haze and realizes like I have to get he's I mean he's making grilled cheese sandwiches with an iron barely not
1: drunken depression drunken it has to be said he's not drinking while he's watching his kids
0: no he is a couple of times what? he picked like he picks up a beer for whenever he has that beard he's usually drinking a beer interesting yeah and the house is just that house it's
1: interesting that I didn't notice
0: that house was giving me anxiety with how messy it got. I mean, it is. It looks like a fucking hurricane hit it. It, it, it looks like a hoarder house, and he it does. It looks and like- he realizes he's getting fat. His wife's not looking at like his wife's not finding him attractive anymore. Hate- he's going through the what a what typically a woman would have gone through in one of these movies back in the day.
1: They have the stereotypical fight in reverse to the point where like it doesn't even feel real. Where he's like making so- dinner
0: for her, and she she doesn't come home in time. He's like. The chef's in bed. <laughs> he's like a real it. The that.
1: note was really cute. I thought yeah. actually, because it was like something that like it was, it was um, supportive. At dinners in the sub, dinners di- in the oven. Chefs in bed.
0: Chefs in bed. Love Jacques.
1: <laughs> Jacques. It's so cute. That's also that's like a note that we'll so, you like, know. So he's make.
0: he's at least playful about it. They get into a huge argument, and the could, argument
1: doesn't feel real. I have to note like the reversal of that stereotype without any changes to it doesn't work. Didn't work. It didn't even feel like their dynamic as a couple.
0: But he does have that great Michael Keaton delivery where he goes you want to get into it? Let's get into it. It's, it's totally a let's does. get nuts moment from He's Batman.
1: Like, yeah, yes.
0: It's just that Michael Keaton we're going to do this.
1: I also <laughs> love how he t- he picked up on it, it was a very <laughs> couple thing. He picked up on the second her tone changed. Yeah. I love when a movie is written in such a way that you can tell the writer or the director or somebody is in a very good relationship yeah. because it just becomes abundantly clear that they know what Two, how two partners communicate when they're truly on the same wavelength. And it's like this. Mm-hmm. He, he picks up on the slightest change in her tone. He's like, all right, it's time to fight.
0: So he finally gets his shit together. He shaves. He burns the shirt. And his son with, is watching this, holding his whoobie. And he looks at his dad. And he, and looks he down runs at, away. And the kid runs away. And he goes upstairs and he goes, you know, y- you need to, everybody, whoobies are great. I love whoobies, but sometimes you gotta move on, bud. You you gotta grow up. And the kid just looks at him like, no, no. And he goes, I'll tell you what. Listen, Ace. You and I have to have a man-to-man talk here about your whoobie. Your whoobie's looking bad, bud. Now, wait a minute. Now, listen to me, I understand that you little guys start out with your whoobies and you think they're great. And they are. They are terrific. But pretty soon, the whoobie isn't enough. You're out in the street trying to score an electric blanket or maybe a quilt. And the next thing you know, you're strung out on bedspreads, Ken. That's serious. Now, give me the whoobie. No. Kenny, come on, man. No. Okay. Give it to me for a couple of days. If it doesn't work, you got the woobie back. Please. Guts.
1: Can I have a moment to myself, please?
0: Absolutely. You got it. <sighs> Just give it to me for a day. Just one day. See how it. See. Well. we'll see how, See if it works out. And, and, and if it doesn't, I'll give it back to you. And, and the son agrees. And in one of the cutest moments of child comedy he goes Dad could I please have a moment alone? It's so- And he walks over to his his race car bed lays down and just puts his little hands behind his head and contemplates life he's in just the cutest pondering. thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: And it's just, oh God, that kid, he's it, so cute. Oh he kind of reminds me of my, I, I, my little brother. You know, it's a little too smart for his own good, yeah. very mature, but like not super verbose. But
0: just that one He'll scene. He'll sit and
1: play quietly by himself for a while and like... It, it, you only need bother him he will yeah. ask his brother for help if he needs anything but yeah. he's good
0: and so this montage goes on of him like he's cleaning the windows he's cleaning the house he's getting everything the kids he's now doing the uh, the job of the lady in the beginning who's directing traffic at the school and he's like hey buddy
1: he's volunteering you came
0: in the wrong way you gotta go it's drop offs on the north pickups on the south come he on you can get this like done
1: A1 that's legit textbook good parenting. Yeah,
0: he's he is an excellent father. He's, he's communicating
1: not... with the child, he's giving them like a, a like agency in their own ability to give up the thing. Yeah. He's not just imposing a rule and he's like making a deal with them. He's like saying, like, okay, if you don't like it, we can undo this. And you can yeah. see his child trusting him when he hands it over. Yeah, he I it's mean he, so good.
0: He only really has a downfall for a small part of this movie just so that they can build him back up. Because this is a blissful Hour and a half?
1: Yeah, the plot is structured You're, very interestingly. This
0: was made in a time when people knew a comedy only had to be an hour and a half long, not two and a half hours. I'm talking to you, Judd Apatow. Stop it. No one <laughs> wants to watch a fucking two and a half hour comedy. <laughs> Christ, Batman was only a half hour longer than that shit. <laughs> the Batman. Excuse me. The Batman. Me. Oh, but other, but. Uh. I, that, that that's just a bone of contention with me I, comedy has a time limit
1: I wish that we would get back to we have this kind of very we figured out formulaic plot structures that work and I feel like I was just talking about in in the Howard episode how like it's good that Disney returned to those plot structures because they're necessary yes. but at the same time I feel like there's also room in say like comedies like this to get away from that again Yeah. because this felt like a series of vignettes it felt like almost like a few episodes of a show kind of sandwiched together it was almost like I was binge watching a limited series,
0: and they tried to make a show out of this.
1: And they, oh, did they? Really? And
0: in in uh, twenty nineteen, I did. I don't think it did well. Oh,
1: such a shame. Because
0: and this, I mean, this is right for a remake. Yeah. I I mean, this had that bad moms feel almost of just you know that parent comedy that we we don't really get. It's ripe for a
1: remake, and I think it would be a really good show now because the concept of a stay-at-home dad is pretty normal.
0: But that might be why it didn't work.
1: Because it's too normal?
0: Yeah. It would have
1: to be done with very good, very charming characters, and you couldn't just sell it as, he's a stay-at-home dad. You'd have to, like, sell his friendships with the other moms. You'd have to Mm -hmm. sell his relationship with his child.
0: And his job would have to be something more like, he's a mechanic, or, like, real overly masculine job.
1: Oh, interesting. Where he's almost
0: a bit sexist.
1: I was thinking, like, it would work better if he was just, like, really, really cool with his position and, like, everybody else around him was like, well, what What do you, What? why are you doing this? Like, there were other sexist men in his life. I just, I just
0: think it would work better if he was slightly over, like, played cartoonishly masculine at first and then I would like him to slowly be, devolves into his role. Give
1: me a himbo. I'd like yeah. a himbo.
0: Yeah, I can see that working. Like
1: the 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 cartoonishly masculine is the most forgivable when you look into his heart and realize realize he's a big softy yeah. who just has kind of a head full of bricks and has never thought
0: <laughs> further
1: than the way he was taught to speak.
0: Yeah. So, um like, now Lord. he gets he gets his life in order. He's I love when he's doing aerobics with the ladies. He's getting them Oh my
1: god. And he smacks what that one chick on the, the ass what? and I'm
0: like, holy shit."
1: The one woman <laughs> Is just and I, far be it for me to make fun of someone for getting fit, but seeing as she's an actress, I think this is okay. She wasn't doing jumping jacks; she was just jumping up and down on one leg with one the other leg slightly out to the side <laughs> it the was, entire time. <laughs> it was
0: pretty funny. I mean, he's got the kids in line. The kids are and the kids are going along with everything. You know, they're
1: being they, good kids.
0: They're they're awesome children like, because
1: they're not at that age yet where they start to rebel against you. And I also feel like the the, the boys know that dad is up against it they're like dad needs help oh
0: yeah totally <laughs> totally um and then th- then there's the scene where the girls take him out to dinner and then they take him to chippendale's the maelstrom club <laughs> and he has to tip that one guy and he's just like and but the thing i thought was so interesting was he's uncomfortable obviously but He's having fun at the same... Respectfully so. He's like, like he, he pulls it, he goes, all right, all right, buddy, I'll tip you. And this guy in a G-string walks over and he hands him a dollar, closing his eyes. He goes, don't tell me where he put it. Don't tell me where he put it. guy puts it right down the front of his shoulder.
1: He shoulders. somehow correctly does uncomfortable straight man without it being an affront to the people around no, him. No,
0: he's, he's, he's like...
1: Or it, an insult to gay people.
0: Yeah, it's almost like... Um, which when tells I, me it's possible. I go to Key West with my girlfriend's family and her brother's gay. Mm-hmm. And we and we go with with him and his husband to gay bars because there's a lot of them down there. They're the funnest bars. Oh yeah. They truly are. They those guys can make a drink. They party and, and
1: the music is always they're sublime. Just,
0: it, they're just fun and
1: not the band sublime.
0: I'm never uncomfortable there. Like they never Make you feel uncomfortable, no. like they're not fucking with you because you're how straight. Or would you know
1: that conservatives who say like, "Oh, the gay people will force themselves no. upon you," have never
0: God, been no. around them in their lives? No, they're just happy that like you're there, you're enjoying life because that's if, what like, they're doing.
1: I feel like if one of them, like if if somebody in a gay bar hits on you and you're just like not interested, yeah. you just like, "Oh, flattered, but no thanks," and move on. Yeah. Yes,
0: and exactly. And Michael Keaton plays along with the ladies. He knows it's a joke, but he he has fun. He comes back, he's laughing with the girls. He goes inside and He's one of the and one of the women who is in the group stayed behind to babysit. And he goes, ah, now I understand why you wanted to babysit.
1: I <laughs> loved her character. What was her name like? Cheryl? Or oh, Denise? that was
0: or... um, uh, Mar- Marion Flynn. Her name was Annette in the Annette! movie.
1: Annette! Annette was She's, so funny.
0: If you've ever watched the vacation movies, she is Uncle Eddie's wife.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yes, I knew she looked familiar.
0: Yeah, I good. I, it was driving me nuts the whole movie. I had to look her up. I'm like, oh, that's the, that's Uncle Eddie's wife. Holy crap! Uh, so she's like, you know, uh, why don't you let the kids call mom? It's only eight thirty because it's like ten. I think it's like ten. They're in Chicago. No, they're in Michigan. And he's like, she's so they're in like California. three hours ahead, and she's in California on a business trip for like I think like a week to do this tuna. Thing or whatever, like this campaign. No, because
1: she sold to him, like, oh, you've got to, th- the, con- the consumer wants to know that you care. The tuna with yeah. a heart. And yeah. the guy is like, oh, I love it. Why didn't any of you idiots come up with that? <laughs> and then before, the guy's about to apologize for her pitch, for her suggesting that they do something for people, and I just want to strangle him. Yeah, because
0: he wanted to knock 50 cents off of every can. He's that way a- it was like, because I think it was a time of inflation. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we're g- if you want to get housewives on your side... Drop your prices and then say, we'll go back to your big, the big prices later.
1: Grocery companies in the year 2022, please take note. I'm literally begging you. My wallet is so skinny.
0: And energy companies, too, because uh-huh. I'm tired of $6 gas. What? Yeah. It's
1: getting I mean, there. I don't, wait, when do you, you drive? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When and where?
0: As a car horn goes off in the background.
1: <laughs> Yes, but (laughs) this is Lower Manhattan. Oh, I live in Queens. Okay, yeah, that's (laughs) right. I always forget. For some reason, my head places you in like up by, not Queens, up in the north part of Manhattan. No,
0: I wish. (laughs) I wish I could afford that. No. Um, But but, um, so he decides to call his wife and what he doesn't realize is Martin Mull has snuck into her room, ordered room service, a bottle of champagne, like seafood, the whole thing. And he picks up the phone. Michael Keaton loses his shit. And he's he in the ta-
1: shower. Wait, who is this? Like, dude, you didn't stop to think about who it could be yeah. for like a second. I don't think he cares. You dumb, dumb. I don't think he gives a shit. I think he did though, because when he, he showed her up. when he said her husband, who is this, the guy was like, but, Like, who did you think it was? Because he
0: even says he goes, Well, your kids aren't here, you know. Relax. And she's like, get out. And Dex, the son of a bitch, right over a chair. Good
1: for her. Proper response. Dear Lord in heaven. (laughs) To be a woman in those days. Just. Oh, yeah. This was just. This was just. This was played as so normal.
0: It it was like a hunt back then in some of these movies, the way they play it. It was like hunting. It was disgusting.
1: It's horrifying. (laughs) It's. This would be. This would be played with such creepier music under it now. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and he would be way more lecherous, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, like, almost just... You know, I hate to use the term rapey, but it is. <laughs> I
1: actually appreciate kind of how bumbling and dumb he made they made him.
0: I think that way...
1: Because it, it, it keeps, it, actually, it, it, keeps it,
0: it keeps it lighthearted and funny. You know his intent, but...
1: But it also kind it's of... It's
0: never going to go that far.
1: It feels more like the instance of it that I've run up... The instances of it that I've run up against All in right. my life. Like, when... Men or guys do this, it it usually looks more like that than the lecherous, creepy thing you're seeing. So, like, I almost appreciate it because it's like, hey, you're not always going to see the red flags as obviously. Or sometimes you will see them so obviously you want to laugh at them, but don't.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, this is the first time a guy who has nothing but yes men in his life finally gets told no. And then gets the shit knocked out of (laughs) them. Yeah. And what I love is... the phone, that that, that, that scene where he, he's holding the phone, and Michael Keaton's just looking at the phone. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll call her back. And he rips the cord out and tosses a Bakelite phone. One of those old rotary guys. Those things weighed like... 15 pounds. He launches that thing across the room. That would have gone through the house. Because it's
1: like I'm watching it. And it's like, oh, and then he does that, and I'm like, yep, yeah, but he's still a man. And
0: Annette's just like, um, I'm just gonna go. Uh, don't worry, everything'll be fine. I won't
1: tell anyone. I won't tell anyone. Tells Joan immediately. Oh
0: yeah. And Joan's just like thirsty, so she's you know, she's gonna get ready to hit on him. The next day She's
1: like, Well, I have to go water Joan.
0: <laughs> so the next day, um Terry Gar comes home. He's not picking up any of her calls. He's like getting ready to paint the house just out of like sheer he's just looking for something to do because he's, he's so just, pissed
1: you know a- anger. The,
0: the house is a wreck again. you know he, he's really just like tearing his life asunder because he is he,
1: painting Maggie.
0: Yeah because he figures his life is done, you know and, and but just before that, he went um Jeffrey Tambor comes back and he's like, "We need your help, Jack. Uh, I may be able to get you a job at half pay." And he goes in for Not this- Not on your life. He goes in for this interview with the, with the head honchos, and they're all like, how come your department's down 23%? And Michael Keaton's like, I don't know. Ask him. He's Literally. the one who fired They didn't know he was fired. He was taking all of their paychecks and cooking the books. Oh, my God. That's what was going on. And he goes, well, the other two guys went along with it. he goes, yeah. Because the other two guys aren't financially stable. My wife's got a job. I didn't realize... I can afford to tell you to go fuck yourself and throw you under the bus, you prick.
1: I didn't realize that was what was happening. Yeah, Jeffrey
0: Tambor was cooking the books.
1: I thought that it was like... I don't know I thought the board was bringing him in and being like how come your department is down now that you're yeah. gone when and he, it was. he was like dude I don't fucking know
0: and the worst part is he had to bring his kids with him to the interview because the babysitter shows up looking like she's in a punk band uh, w-
1: w- what really gets it is like she's just listening to music and like does not take her headphones out and when
0: she's got like that vampire makeup on goes to address her yeah blue hair I mean she was, little, she was a little ahead of her time
1: I mean hello so, I would take my hair out of this fun so, if I could and show you that the ends have now turned blue because yellow blonde hair does not retain the color purple for very long it turns out.
0: I'd imagine. <laughs> I, wouldn't know I don't hate hair it,
1: <laughs> but it's definitely no longer purple.
0: So Michael Keaton's son comes in the room during the meeting and Jeffrey Tambor is freaking out because he's getting outed as like basically an embezzler and he's like, listen kid I told you this is a, an adult meeting, get out and he goes, what did I tell you? If you ever talk to my kid like that again, I'm gonna punch you in the fucking head. <laughs> That he, he he picks up his kid, goes to the bathroom, and he's like, the baby needed changing. He uses the hot air blower to dry her butt. She looks
1: <laughs> so, displeased, and I don't blame her.
0: And the kids are tearing up the bathroom, throwing toilet paper everywhere. And he was about to get his job back, and then sort the, of. Bo- well, the bosses walk in at that moment. He goes, "Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the job." And he, that, and that's when the house is just in shambles. He's painting that. I kind of skipped ahead. Uh, Wait and hold then on. Terry Garsh. Yeah, he showed. was about
1: to get his job back, and then they see him in the bathroom with yeah. his kids, and they're like, "Oh, never mind." Because
0: what happens is Jeffrey Tambor shows up at the house later, uh-huh. and he's like, "Listen, Je- uh, listen, Je- I'm screwed. I-, I need you to come back. I- I'll get you anything you want." He's like, "Okay, well, I want." he goes, "I'll get you a comfy car. I'll give you benefits."
1: And this is while, again, the house is full of contractors because he put his shoe through the TV. Yeah. And then the wife is coming home at that moment.
0: The wife comes home. Martin Mull comes in with flowers for her and a broken nose. And now, like, Michael Keaton's ready to knock his dick in the dirt.
1: And the guy is still begging him to come back to work. And he's like, whoa, whoa, jeez.
0: One of my favorite parts, though, is that he goes he turns to the Terminex guy. Listen, man, this guy goes to give me a company car. Benefits. Well, you think I should go with this? He's like... I take it. I don't know. So he gets he gets I love how they're roping and, in
1: everybody else. And
0: he gets his friends' jobs back for them with the same pay and everything. Yes. And and because Jeffrey Tambor screwed Absol- over I mean, yeah. so bad. That man and
1: should and, be going to jail.
0: Yeah, he's lucky he isn't. Um, and then so now they're now now they're a two income family, and it just And
1: he only has to go in three days a that, week.
0: That was the other thing. My girlfriend Modern freaked dream. out when she heard that. She's like, three days a week with full benefits in a car. Holy shit. Real
1: talk, if we're going to, let me get into the politics and socioeconomics part of my brain for a moment, adjusts glasses. (laughs) Um, If we're going to readjust the world for not having the expectation that one person is going to be home and be your homemaker, which we should, because as we can see from this, what, 50-year-old movie that is far out of date at this point, (laughs) what should be happening is like, we should standardize smaller work weeks splitting up your household. Like you, you and your spouse should expect to have like Saturday, Saturday and Sunday off together, maybe another day of the week if you structure it that way and want to get a babysitter. And then like, I don't know, Monday, Tuesday, one spouse goes to work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the other one does or work it out something like that with like, and companies should be supporting things like this with full benefits because like In the short term, it's going to seem to everybody in the world, in the workforce, like this is like paying people for doing less of a job, but what they're actually going to find is people are going to be happier and more productive this way because they don't feel like they're dying and going insane.
0: And by the way, this movie's not 50 years
1: old. 50, 40. I was rounding up. It's
0: barely 40.
1: 40. Excuse (laughs) me. Enough that there should have been socioeconomic changes and there to, haven't been. I had to
0: think about my age for a second when you said that. I almost had a heart attack.
1: I <laughs> am bad at math. This is known. Me
0: too, but shit. <laughs> so the day is saved. They have this kind of great like, moment together where they're They're really
1: just, just happily watching TV while everyone argues in the background like it's the end of a 50s just, sitcom. They just
0: kind of stare at each other, give each other a kiss, and then that horrible soundtrack kicks in, the music in this movie sucks.
1: I kind of liked it. That
0: like, it's almost like um, Chuck Mangione type stuff, but like way more Muzak.
1: It was just, it was, it felt appropriate.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it sounds like the intro to Taxi or something. It's just like,
1: Comes home and finds Joan in his bed because he's like, Oh, that's oh right. Oh my that's god, right. he's in the bathroom running through an alphabetical list of why he should or should not sleep with her. Joan. And I'm like, dude, and come Joan's on. in bed
0: with a bottle of Jack.
1: And then he gets to see it and he's like, You're not gonna do it because you're a man who's in love with his wife. And I'm like, He drinks his I love my wife juice.
0: <laughs> yeah, th- this movie, it's a barrel of fun, it, it-, it holds up. It's ahead of its time.
1: It kept getting better as it went and on. And the
0: jokes still work. They There's do. very few dated jokes in this.
1: He's dry. It's because he has that dry like observational sense of humor yeah. that just it's like Jim. It just works on its own. He lives
0: in the world that he's that he's a part of he and, kind and of he is goes like, and he kind of just observes it and goes with it.
1: He's like a more zany keyed up Jim helper.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean if he could have looked at the camera and just yeah. raised an eyebrow and they would have let him he would have. Yeah. So I really, I really was happy that this film worked out because I was, I was half expecting that it was going to be like, oh man, that was the sexist thing in the world.
1: I, I was ready for it. Because
0: like I said, I haven't seen this, I probably was like 12 the last time I saw this movie, but I saw it a ton when I was a kid mm-hmm. I saw it all it was always on like channel 11 in the afternoon on a Sunday you know channel
1: 11 that's Pix 11 that's yeah. like your local okay yeah
0: that's our local affiliate I
1: think Philly has <laughs> does Philly have it on 11 or 12 I have no Philly idea Philly has one of those
0: two <laughs> <laughs> whatever your local station was that just played random movies all day that was random
1: <laughs> movies and like W H Y Y type cultural stuff where they're like here's all the food trucks in town at like <laughs> 2 in the morning and you're like oh I want to go to this food truck and then you never do
0: so that was Mr. Mom. Um, I'm going to rate it first uh, since I recommend it to Mel. Indeed. I'm going to give this movie – I'm going to give it a solid – I'm going to give it a 10.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a human sound.
0: I, I don't know. I, I, I was going to – I don't think it's like my favorite comedy uh-huh. of all time. But it was just such a delightful surprise. Even though I had seen it and I remembered bits and pieces – when you, I, I really thought that modern eyes, it wasn't going, it was going to get a little tarnished. Yeah. And it's actually better than I remember it.
1: I honestly think that the modernity doesn't fit. Favors because it's like this shiny jewel that comes out of something you expect to be just dirt. Yeah. Because it feels their relationship feels really modern. The way they talk to each other reminds me of me and Will, like they, consistently. Yeah, they're
0: super supportive of one another. It's never, you know, well, you're the you're the woman, you gotta be home. I'm a man, I don't know how to change a diaper, you know. It's not yeah, that. There's bullshit. none of that.
1: It's just like I'm struggling with a new situation. As am I. Yeah. There is going to be tension it here. We
0: will get through it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just it felt real.
0: It you know, they never made problems where there didn't need to be problems. Except for the
1: the fat fight, which was purely for comedy. The which one? The fat. The, like, am I getting fat? Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) He's like, I'm not attractive anymore. Oh.
1: (laughs) You're Michael Keaton. You'll be fine.
0: Is it the shirt? (laughs) (laughs) It's a comfortable shirt.
1: It could grow legs and walk on its own.
0: (laughs) So Mel... What are you going to rate Mr. Mom?
1: I'm also giving it a 10. Excellent. It's not like it didn't do that thing to my brain where it like hooked me and I'm going to watch it over and over again, which would make me give it an 11.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a... it's But in every other way, it was perfect. It's, it was a joy. I was delighted. I enjoyed it watching... It, it. I enjoyed watching it more than the other things that I watched that evening that I selected for myself.
0: <laughs> wow. I mean, it, it really... It's better... It, it should be up there with classic comedies yeah. and shown more than it is.
1: It's interesting it's that It's kind it of a
0: forgotten gem at this point. I and wonder that's if it's sad.
1: because the men of that time couldn't appreciate...
0: No. No? I, I remember my dad loving... The, and my dad... But to, to be fair, my dad used to cook, do laundry, clean... He loved cleaning that's the house. Wha- that's what I'm And wondering. he was an electrician. I'm wondering
1: <laughs> if there were not enough of the men at that time who were okay with this attitude. And, I mean, I...
0: I think it's it's just a solid comedy. I I I don't think I don't remember people being like, oh, guys aren't like that, you know. I, I really think. People did love this movie when it came it out. It just,
1: for whatever reason, didn't get. It that. just
0: fell out of. It just fell out of the zeitgeist. As you know? I
1: suppose things do.
0: You know, it, it, let's
1: bring it back. Everybody, like, watch Mr. Mom. This is a good. Seriously, you can rent good. it on Amazon. You can put it onto the background. You don't even need to pay, pay attention to everything that's going on. But I'm telling you, as soon as you start watching it, you're going to want. Yeah, it.
0: this may go in my library. It uh, feels like
1: a long form SNL skit, kind of.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like it, not
1: modern SNL, but it it feels like somebody's doing improv comedy somewhere.
0: Yeah, and, and you can watch this with anyone. It's it's the the humor's not really dirty at all. No, it's 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 a solid PG. You know, you can watch as a grandma and, and the whole family on Father's Day. Yeah, you know, which is
1: the you know what? That's our <laughs> official podcast recommendation.
0: <laughs> Too bad it's going to be out three days after Father's
1: I... Day. <laughs> sad
0: but uh maybe next year folks but that <laughs> oh. w- what
1: i don't i don't know i was gonna come up with an alternate <laughs> suggestion but i got or go back in time that is the podcast yeah, that's
0: right modern day sensibilities time travel fixes everything it's, that yep. the metaverse yeah <laughs> the multiverse so that was Mr. Mom. I set him up. Next week, oh, very funny. Next week on the show, it's Mel's turn to recommend a movie to me, and I'm very curious. What do you got for me, Mel? This has
1: been on the docket for forever. You mentioned to me in, like, April, when we were still in the old office, yep. that you had never seen Tarzan.
0: That's right. Which I haven't blew seen my that. mind. Yeah. because one of those Disney movies that just skipped me.
1: This is one of the things that I remember seeing in theaters when I was a little kid. So you not having seen it, 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 it is wild to me. So we're going to watch the 1999, uh, I don't remember who directed it. I think Chris Buck was actually one of them who directed it. And this Frozen. is what, Phil
0: Collins doing And soundtrack. Phil Collins Ugh. wrote all the music. I'm going to warn you now, I'm not a big Phil Collins fan. I like Phil Collins in certain ways. But I'll get into why I'm not a huge fan of his on the show. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, I, I don't I hate the guy. I'm just, I don't seek him I out.
1: believe it's something that you said to me in the office before I watched the movie last night, which is to say, because um, I, I watch this movie all the time. <laughs> um, admittedly. Like, it, it's in the rotation once a month. Um, but you said that his voice reminded you of a synthesizer. Yeah, that's one I of the reasons. said that to Sam and now we can both not unhear that. It's
0: just so sharp. It, 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 it's an impressive voice but it can get grating on the right tones that he hits.
1: Much like he always sounded to me like the guy with uh, Adam Levine from Maroon 5. They have very similar voices okay. and the guy from Uncle Cracker. <laughs>
0: Wow, that's a jump.
1: <laughs> they just have really similar sounding voices. It's kind of like that nasal, very little vibrato, smooth, yeah. almost uncannily smooth in tone. <laughs> when I was a kid, because of Tarzan, there were like three singers I could recognize on the radio in two, within two seconds of hearing their voice: Garth Brooks, Shania Twain, Phil Collins.
0: Okay. I could
1: always tell you when it was a Genesis song as yeah. soon as he started singing. Well, I mean, it's
0: funny because, like, with we'll get into it, but, like, Phil Collins took over for Peter Gabriel, who had a very similar voice in Genesis. Yeah. You know, so... It, and Peter
1: he, Gabriel did the music for Wally, or at least one song.
0: That's right, he did.
1: We're coming down to the ground. I own
0: that movie, and I've only seen it once. Oh,
1: I love wall Oh, I love it, too. I
0: just... I never think to put it back on for some reason. It's
1: a good background movie.
0: Yeah, because yeah.
1: they're just robots, and nothing and happens.
0: Like for the first hour, there's no dialogue. He's so just chilling. Cares. All right, so next time on the show, we are watching Tarzan, the Disney version.
1: That was supposed to be him swinging on vines. I'm not uh. really sure if that trains. Uh, <laughs> I've been weird.
0: I've been at a mock.
1: Yeah, have a have a great day and happy belated Father's Day.
0: Happy belated Father's Day, and we just made you watch a podcast. See you next time. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to an N Stars podcast production.